0: Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We watch films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am King Tom and joining me today are TJ. Howdy. Cody. Hi. And our one and only incomparable comptroller, Neo Geo. Hello everyone. And we will bring you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb-listed filmmakers, review Sweat on online series as they stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films, and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology. And we are now available on CastBox FM. Yeah. Yeah, the one-stop shop for your podcast needs. So today, it's another review sweat where we talk about TV shows. But before that, and this is veering completely off topic, what do we all think about the new James Bond film being called Shitter Gland? Sorry, did I say Shittergland? <laughs> I meant Shatter Hand.
1: Is that true has that happened?
0: Well, it's the why, working why, title. Why, why
1: was he eating her hands?
0: Um, who <laughs> knows what was happening with her hand before he shattered? you know? I can was imagine. It, it can't
1: be called Shatterhand, surely. Sh- no, Shatterhand, I, mean, I, was, I was reading this. Apparently it's, um, it, it is a character in You Only Live Twice. It
0: is, okay. I was being <laughs> facetious. I do actually know this. Tomorrow um, Never Dies, isn't it? No, um, it's You Only Live Twice, which right. is the 1964 in Fleming book. And Shatterhand is an alias used <laughs> by Blofeld in the book. But not the film.
2: It sounds like he should have been in a book called You Only Wipe twice.
0: Ah, (sighs) see what you did there. Um, Yeah, um, it's ADS used in the book, um, not in the film. The film was scripted by Roald Dahl, by the way. I don't Mm. know why Roald Mm. Dahl. He probably wanted to wash his hands of it. Aha! (laughs) Ah, we're just flying tonight, aren't we? (laughs) That'll be the second bottle of wine right there. (laughs) So, yeah, Shatterhand. Cody, <laughs> thoughts? Um, mm. Yeah. Um, Goldfinger,
1: Golden Eye, Shatterhand, Octopussy.
0: Well, okay, Octopussy <laughs> is a for- really daft title, isn't um. <laughs> it? Um, yeah. No, the only disappointment about Octopussy is it isn't a song. Mm. No. Uh, that, surely, if there was one James Bond song that should have been called after the film, yes, it's that one. Yeah.
2: Actually I'm thinking about Bond titles now, about body parts. <laughs> because um I can only remember okay there's um golden eye, yeah. Yeah. Um Goldfinger. Goldfinger, okay, Ooh. that's a natural one. So the eye, the finger, the hand, what Thunderball so you could loosely use. <laughs> um oh, Pussy. Okay, we'll take that one as well. <laughs> um, even though that'll probably be a hashtag me too pretty soon. Um I don't know. Shatterhand for me feels like keep it as a character name but not as a uh film title. And I think the other problem is it's the alliteration and um the number of syllables. I think it, they should have kept it simple, like um just two word, two syllables. Skyfall. Skyfall. <laughs> A Quantum of solace yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I'll mean, I, 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 say the less syllables in a bond film, the better the film is
0: hm dr no yeah
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah, always yeah. onto a winner, but um and the thing is, we get revealing a plot twist as well is that, is this like a spoiler? So well, obviously well. the
0: most uh, recent incarnation of Blofeld mm-hmm. was in the previous James Bond film. So that is yeah. like a clue that he'll be back if yeah. they're using his alias.
2: I think the only way they can save it is if they bring the same actor back as well, because um, that guy is marvellous. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I think Christoph Waltz will just about take away the pain of that new James Bond title, I think. It's only a working title, fair fair to say. A working title?
0: Yeah. It is a working title, so they might come up with something else. And it has been a working title
1: for a James Bond film twice in the
2: past, I think. Oh, really? Okay, so maybe the issue is they're trying to throw people off the scent.
0: Or it could just denote that Blofeld will be part of the story. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I will be honest, I I will look forward to it even more if it's definitely a Christoph Waltz performance coming up. Based to,
0: on that, yeah. seems like a good chance. Cool, cool. All right. So into what we're really doing mm-hmm. today, which is we're talking about The Man in the High Castle, which mm. is the Amazon Originals TV series. Yeah. If you have a certain account with Amazon to get free deliveries. Yes. You, can... <laughs> you do. I,
1: I didn't. I, I've had Amazon Prime now. This is my third year. I've only just realized like, I got the like, TV programs. Wow. With it. Gutting. Yeah. You have clicked really... on the wrong <laughs> no. right, drop down menu. No. I didn't realise. I mean, it's incredible. They've got a load of old films on there. I've been working my way through the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes films.
2: So when we was doing reviews was of things there. like Patriot, did you feel we were just doing that for fun? Yeah, <laughs> you were thinking, if only there
0: was a way I could see
2: this. Actually, I think um, Amazon Prime. It's not just about the, the, the tab is hidden to watch films, but I do think they've got some hidden gems. And there's a TV series um, with uh, Jean-Claude Van Tam. I think it's called... Uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but it kind of plays around with the idea that he's really mm. a super spy agent that he plays in the films, and the acting is just a cover that he does <laughs> to move around the world and do his missions. But, yeah, I think they've got some really good hidden gems there.
0: Okay, so The Man in the High Castle um, is an Amazon original TV series based on the novel of the same name by Philip K. Dick, who you will probably know for Blade Runner, which um, is based on his book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? He was a prolific science fiction writer. His um, dates are 1928 to 1982, died relatively young, partly due to his um, amphetamine habit and... um, serious drug use and other personal issues which he had mm. which is interesting, it's not just um, unconnected because um, you know, his spiritual beliefs came in part from his heavy drug use and also his novels have a kind of hectic, unfinished quality that you could also ascribe to amphetamine use, possibly
2: I get the feeling that if you're a famous uh, book writer and you've got drug habits, nothing's personal after a while, isn't it? Speed's a great drug if you your writer though Oh, well, right. exactly, I, I saw him, um,
0: I mean, so I've heard, but um, I've heard like accounts of Philip K. Dick who would actually have like a jar full of speed in his fridge Yeah. and he would, like, you know, type oh, a bit. Oh, to make more prolific. When it wore off, he'd just go over to the fridge and help himself out oh, of the yeah. jar like sweets and keep wow. going.
2: that's amazing. It would be interesting to know what substances he was on or off, coming off of when he was doing The Man in the High Castle.
0: So yeah, so this is a relatively early book, in some ways an atypical one it's alternate history or alternate dystopian history based on the premise that the Nazis won the Second World War yeah. so 1962 would have been about 15 years after the end of World War Two, and in Philip K Dick's version Hitler is still alive but he has advanced syphilis so he's lost his power.
2: Mm. Um, I just wanted to mention quickly there was a film called Fatherland in 1994 which was imagining the alternate um, world where the Germans won the war.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting subgenre. Alternate history. Um so in Philip K Dick's vision um it, which is set in the USA, um the USA has been split into 3. And there's um, the eastern side, called the PSA, the Pacific States of America, which is controlled by Japan. And then on the right-hand side, there's the Greater Nazi Reich, which is obviously controlled by the Nazis.
2: I'm seeing some imagery of um Sorry, in high wrong. castle. Western
0: side is the PSA. The Eastern side is the greater Nazi Reich. Okay. Yeah.
2: Now I'm seeing some imagery uh, from the trailer and it seems like, which you've got playing silently in the background. And it seems like they did a wonderful job, like reimagining um, San Fran, downtown San Francisco. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As uh, modern, what would have been then modern day. Oh Japan. yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Oh yeah. I was going to get onto that. I'm still doing the, the background Thank stuff. You. Sorry. Um, that's all right. Um, so what is the other part of America called? The other part is the buffer zone, which ah. is like a, a sort of neutral zone. That's in the centre. OK. Um, Do of people live there? Well, um, in the film, it seems to be like a majority black area, which could oh, be okay. a political point there, but it also has some mm. kind of neutral status. OK. And... Um, in, it becomes a plot point that the characters travel to a place called Cannon City, okay. which could be chosen because it's central, but it could also be the symbolism of the, the name, Cannon. Mm. And it's one of the main locations in the first season. Very, very well created. Okay, But we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, the TV series is exec produced by Ridley Scott, who obviously has a oh, wow. history with Philip K. Dick. Okay. Um, and um, the main actors... Um there's Rufus Saul as um an American Nazi officer. Yeah. Um Alexa Devalos as Julia Crane, who's one can of you, the main characters.
2: Can you pronounce the American Nazi officer's name?
0: Um it's Obenfuhrer something something.
2: Oh wow, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Oben yeah Sorry. Oben Sorry, ask me that question again. Oh <laughs> how do you pronounce his name? It's John Smith. <laughs> Yeah, he is actually John Smith for real.
2: But um, yeah, we've got DJ Quarles, Joel de la Fuente, Carrie Hirayuki Tagawa, and Rupert Evans. So it seems like Rufus Seal like the key player in this, and there's a lot of like, lots of like new talent. Yeah, I mean. also,
0: yeah, lots of young actors. Um, yeah, yeah um, Luke Kleintank, who seems to be appropriately named, <laughs> as um, Joe Blake, who's also one of the main characters in season one. So how does this series
2: open? Like, What do we discover in this new world?
0: Well, it's great because it does... The first season is actually called The New World, I believe. Yeah, it is. It's called The New World. And it does create a new world. Mm. Um, you see New York, which is the headquarters of the Greater Nazi Reich. You see San Francisco, which, as you said, is really, really well recreated. Mm. And you see Cannon City in the middle. So you see immediately three very distinctive locations. Mm and the production design is amazing. Wow. But um, the story shifts between, initially, um, San Francisco and New York and the characters, um, the characters of Julia and Joe, mm. and eventually they come together in Cannon City. Yeah. And even though they appear to be on different sides, they kind of form an alliance, so.
2: Can I give away a little bit of a spoiler about yeah, this? Yeah, go for it. Because isn't the story they're coming together. Does it have something to do with they, they're living in an alternative world where the Nazis have won or the Germans have won um, the Second World War, but they discover some kind of um, disc or video or artifact that proves that there could have been an alternative ending?
0: That's right, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's the, the trigger that sets the whole thing in motion. Wow.
2: So what kind of uh, journey or adventure do they go on?
0: Well, the first person to be in possession of this is Julia's sister Mm. um, in San Francisco. And um, her sister is killed, but not before she passes this on to Julia. Okay. So Julia is now in possession of this. Wow. And Julia also has a boyfriend called Frank, who is secretly Jewish, which is obviously being controlled by Nazis, is not a great thing. So he's hiding that. Wow. She knows, but um, Julia, because her sister has been killed and because of the significance of this, she takes it upon herself to go to Cannon City to meet with who she thinks is her sister's contact. Mm. And against the wishes of her boyfriend, she goes on her own. Wow. And leaves... Female empowerment story. Right, leaves Frank in San Francisco. And yeah. unfortunately, if it's not too much of a spoiler, he gets arrested and then...
2: Is that Frank incensed?
0: ha, <laughs> oh, nice. You're really on a roll. You're going for the hat trick.
1: So, have Japan and the, and Germany fallen out somehow, and that's why America is in, like, three zones with a buffer in the middle?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> so, um, what's going on? We know that um, Hitler is possibly dying, but definitely losing his control, so there's lots of stuff happening behind the scenes, people trying to take over. And there's also, you know, apparently there's been this agreement to split the U.S. in three. But now the um, Japanese are worried that whoever becomes the leader after Hitler will try to take over the whole of the states and basically wipe out the Japanese. So it's an internal conflict. Yeah. So it's an internal conflict. So there's okay. lots and lots of stuff going on.
1: Is, is, um, is um, Goebbels still around?
0: Um, I don't think he is, although I'll have to watch it again, but there are like references to various, you know, high ranking Nazis, some real, some fictional with the behind the scenes jostling. I mean, it's an incredibly detailed source novel, um, which they had to work with. And, um, you know, the whole thing was, um, you know, planned out by Philip K. Dick. So in his version, I think I've got this right. Um... I thought I made notes about this. I guess I didn't. Well, well you, I must have imagined this in my head. Well, we can say um,
2: some stuff about Rufus Silver. Okay, he no, was, okay, I've,
0: I've got this okay, anyway. Go um, but um, there was an—I assa- didn't write this down. I just thought I had. Yeah. But um, there was an assassination attempt on Franklin Roosevelt in the 1930s, which he survived. And in Philip—that's in Dick, real life. Real in life. Real life yeah. And in Philip K. Dick's novel. Um, Franklin Roosevelt is killed in that, so he's not around at the time of World War II oh. So he uses that as, as one of the point. as a turning point. Mm. And eerily, the man in the High Castle was written before the Kennedy assassination. Wow. The year before, in fact.
2: So does Rufus Sewell because Rufus Sewell, from what I've seen of him, he's been like um, a supporting actor for like many other different series and many other different shows. And I I think he's even a supporting actor in uh, gods of Egypt Mm. as well. Um, How does he come across as a lead of what's obviously a series of such magnitude?
0: I think he's good. I mean, there is a certain kind of buttoned up quality that he's quite good at projecting, Mm. which really works with this character. Yeah. And, It's quite interesting playing an American Nazi because he has to suggest both and he finds a way to do it. He finds a way that seems quite American in a way that seems like traditionally...
1: Donald Trump's quite good at it as well. There you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's quite... I'd take Rufus Sall to be honest. (laughs) Uh, I
2: mean, I'm looking at him like in this image of him in his kind of American Nazi uniform uh, he's in some kind of big leather chairs, arms straddle across both arms. And there's some elements that remind me of... Um, he seems to be like very broody and moody. And it's uh, elements that remind me of the uh, Christie and Bale performance in um, Dark Knight Rises. So is this is, is this a character who's kind of conflicted about the level of power and responsibility that he has.
0: I think as he goes on, there's more and more nuance. I mean, the first time you see him when he's with his family, he mm. seems like a very cold and distant character. Mm. And he plays it like that. You know, he gradually yeah. allows, like, more humanity and conflict to come in.
2: Yeah. Would you say there's some possibly even any... Uh, just looking at the image for me again, is there any, like, similarities between him and the Don Draper character in Mad Men, perhaps?
0: That was one of the things I thought because, you know, it reminded me a bit of Mad Men just in the type of production design. And, you know, the domestic interior and he's, you know, with the two kids and Mm. his wife and it's, you know, quite a traditional setup. You know, the children have to call him sir, things like that. Um, And
2: the old traditions. And obviously this would be in that era of like the 10 years before Mad Men would have started technically in chronological times, wouldn't it?
0: I mean, I would say, if anything, this is probably the better TV series than yeah. Mad Men. Wow. I think Mad Men is was entertaining, but perhaps didn't say as much as people thought at the time. Yeah. Whereas I think there's a lot of stuff you could unpick here.
2: But in terms of like, if you're coming off a series like Mad Men and looking for something different, this could be a good, easy way in to this series, yeah?
0: Could be. I mean, it is a very good looking series. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say easy way in because it's about Nazis but
3: yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I
2: could the, say the American advertisers are Nazis as well there <laughs> you Over go
0: um, the, but the production design yeah, yeah if you like that sort of thing it is a very very good looking very well detailed series
2: okay um, anything else I mean this has like gone, gone on for four seasons so that's a lot of time to commit to I mean
0: yeah, and again, it's one of these things like um, The Handmaid's Tale. Once they have covered the source novel, it loses its way a bit. The source novel is kind of an anchor. Yeah. And when it spins out from that, it mm-hmm. hasn't been as good or as powerful as the initial yeah. first run.
2: Um, is it fair to say that this is drama, sci-fi and thriller? Because the science fiction element, I'm guessing, is just from the the alternate universe side, or is there going to be any technological weirdness going on?
0: It's not, you know, it's not hardcore sci-fi. You know, you don't flash forward to 2019 and find out that it's not the Matrix. Okay. But um, it's more like kind of the genre of speculative fiction, you could say. Mm.
2: Mm. Okay. I mean, Cody, what do you think about that series? Is it something that you've watched or would you Uh, intend to
1: watch? I have um, thought about watching it. Yeah. Uh, a few times over the last few years I'm still yeah okay yes I will give it a go at some point I think
2: yeah I mean it does yeah. sound interesting I, f- I feel like just the curiosity element of yeah. how they've reimagined America split between Japan and uh, um, that old Reich Germany would be didn't interesting it- didn't
1: Italy get any of America or
0: sorry what's that didn't
1: Italy get any
0: of America they didn't no no but then, didn't Italy switch sides before oh, the end just, of World War wow, Two? It so so that's how they yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why they missed out, obviously. Okay. But yeah, no. But they're doing like two they things have switched with the switch re- sides again, and yeah. then no
2: one trusted them. <laughs> they got annexed.
0: But yeah, they're doing two things with the recreation because they're imagining like the German or the Japanese influence, but also the year 1962. So it's two things at the same time.
2: Ashley, um, Neo Geo, have you seen A Man in the High Castle? I
3: Have not, but it looks really cool i think i'm gonna go home and watch it yeah are you kind of
2: upset or offended that italy didn't get a piece of that american pie
3: (laughs) no it's i mean this is clearly an american tv series and just the fact that it's you know germany won the world yeah therefore it's it's all about the us
0: Mm.
3: you know you know do you know what i mean like germany is it's yeah. probably not even in the TV series, is yeah. it? Well, they, they do
0: end up in Germany at some point. They do end oh, up in Germany at some wow. point,
3: but it's, you know what I mean? It's well, all it's like. It's sort
0: of towards the end of the first season, there is a bit set in Germany. Yeah, so, so they probably. You see like the heart of the film. They, they probably strike. don't it kind care of makes about wonder, Europe. Did they fly
3: over
2: much. in a blimp or something like
3: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they, you'll have to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it 100%. I'm going to yeah, watch yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I think I'm won
2: over by it as well. i okay, cool. the
0: say, best things like artistically, the recreation of Canon City in the buffer zone and also the recreation of um San Francisco with the, all the Japanese influences is amazing mm. and fun fact well it's not that fun but it's a fact um San Francisco is actually where Japan surrendered in World War II so oh. to have San Francisco as their headquarters is quite interesting
2: okay yeah mm. that must I mean that must be hard for Americans to watch as well I imagine mm. Yeah, I guess some
0: older issues, yeah. Americans would find that, you know, quite disturbing.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, of course, in the the TV series, of course, there are Americans who fought in World War Two and mm. have, like, racist attitudes towards the Japanese. And that's quite an interesting tension. When oh, the Japanese wow. are the winners, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Because they're
2: on their home turf, so yeah. to speak. I mean, there's
0: there. lots of interesting, incidental stuff apart from the thriller elements. Did rock
2: and roll still happen?
0: Not in the same way. So yeah, there's no like, you know, Elvis Presley. There's no like, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy's a long distance truck driver is listening Mm -hmm. to, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Terrible, like Elvis oof, is a long-distance like, 1940s music, <laughs> not what you would consider to be rock and roll.
2: Elvis is a long-distance truck driver in. Manhattan. No, no,
0: Elvis yeah. never happened. Oh, there's no well. references oh, okay, to Elvis. Okay, okay. So okay. there's a character who's a long-distance truck driver. That's Joe. Oh, okay. And on his journey down, you get to oh. hear what a young guy would be listening to, oh, and it's okay. not rock and roll. Wow. Which is okay. like that's one of the great details. Yeah.
2: Craftwork. Got it's not craft work. Oh. Are, you, are you saying craft work comes craft out of Nazism? Well, I'm just thinking they 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 might have had their creative freedom of expression a lot earlier. I don't know. They had access to all the music producing equipment.
3: Hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it sounds like something that would have come out of yeah. post-Nazi Germany. To yeah. be honest, I love craftwork. By the way, yeah, not saying that came out wrong, yeah. but yeah <laughs> do you, you know what I mean yeah yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's,
2: uh, yeah when I think of post nights in Germany I would have thinking of craft but that's uh, I, I can't imagine what music they're doing playing but I, I would like the idea of Elvis being a long distance truck driver in an alternative universe
0: yeah that that would be good in fact that would be really funny if mm. he was like that when he was young because everyone imagines that he didn't die and mm. that's what he became after yeah but if he was that all along that would be a nice touch mm.
2: Okay, so where can we watch this again?
0: Amazon Prime. Okay. That was our Review Sweat, Geek Sweat Review Sweat. Thanks for listening. Um, with a bonus about Shatterhand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you so, only wiped twice.
0: Ah. Uh, I've been King Tom. Thank you very much to our co-hosts, Cody. Goodbye. TJ.
2: Howdy and ciao now for now.
0: And our amazing controller. Comptroller. Gio. Arrivederci. See you next time. Wow, you're so Italian all of a sudden. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Who knew? Yeah, I I didn't. These are our end credits. We invite you to subscribe. Geek Sweat is available on CastBox FM, your one-stop shop for all of your podcast needs. We are also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Download either app to listen to us. If you want to support the podcast by generating an interview question being a guest or simply becoming a sponsor please email film at instigateonline.com that's film at dot ecom this podcast rides on listeners so thank you for sharing your ears to show you we care we, we watch, watch films to save you hassle, you hassle.